Moncrief on News Talk. Now, there's a, 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 at the other end of that, if you like, there's still an idea floating about that a wedding speech should contain some embarrassing details, particularly about the sex life of the bride or groom or both. And invariably, such speeches cause cringing and often a bit of a row. Yet things are changing. It's not longer just the groom or the best man and the father of the bride who speak. Everyone in the top table is theoretically entitled to. And it can go on for quite some time. Heidi Ellert-McDermott is on a mission to drag speechifying into the 21st century. Her book, The Modern Couple's Guide to Wedding Speeches, is out today. Heidi, good afternoon to you. Hello. Nice to speak to you. Uh, now, obviously, you, you also uh, run a service where you help people with with their wedding speeches. Is it still a thing that that the the brides will go, oh, I, am I even allowed to talk? Well, it's quite interesting. Since we've been running for seven years, we've probably increased the amount of brides that we um, work with about 20% every year. But the majority of our clients are still by far um, male. And although we are working with more brides, more mothers of the bride and even more mothers of the groom, um, we went to a national wedding show um, this weekend. And I was still surprised that, as you say, there was quite a few bride-to-be's that were actually asking me if brides were allowed to give a speech. Hmm. So... You know, it, it's quite surprising that that sort of thinking still exists, but it does. Yeah. The, uh, and when you told them, obviously, of course, you're allowed to speak. It's it's your wedding. Uh, would that change their mind that they should speak? Or is it still more of a reticence on, on, uh, on women's parts to speak at their own wedding? Well, there there's two things there, really. Um, first of all, I think... I don't want to say that all brides have to give a speech, but I'd like them to at least consider it. And, um, and you know, when it comes to not having an extra to do on your, on your um, wedding day or just wanting to sit back and relax, I think grooms should be able to um, claim an equal right to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there is an element of... Um, sort of sexist thinking there but also the second the second point that I try and make is that actually this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to have fun pay a tribute to not only your partner but all your friends and family and create sort of one of those standout life moments so I'd encourage brides to do it not because of some feminist statement, but just because it's it's a lot of fun. And having given my own speech at my wedding, it, it ended up being one of my highlights of the day. It means you don't have to run around everyone on the dance floor saying thank you, welcome and, and, and all that. You can actually thank them publicly in one hit and actually relax a bit more later on in the evening. Mm. Now, of course, that uh, it, it's some people's vision of hell uh, to have to make a speech in front of people uh, it, it, I mean would you be of the mind Heidi that oh no anyone could do it with the pre- with the proper preparation oh yes absolutely I think um, you just have to put a bit of work into it and I think a mistake that everyone makes is diving headfirst into Google advice and I think especially for grooms if you look at the advice 
on um, the internet, you will get intimidated. You'll think there's all these rules, all this etiquette you have to follow and like a, a different dozen people you have to thank. But actually what you just need to do is, is, is just be welcoming and polite and tell a few good stories it's as simple as that um but obviously you know having said that i have written the book that that gives people a few a few tips on how to make it easier for themselves without resorting to the same old cliches you hear in every single speech or or resorting even worse to the all the cheesy google gags that mm. that so many um that you'll hear at so many weddings is there would you generally uh, advise your clients as to how many speeches there should be i think i mean what's nice is there is more flexibility for um couples to design their speeches around the style of wedding that they've got um generally three main speeches works well but we had five at our um wedding and that worked because we, rather than keep it to just the beginning or the end of the meal, we dotted it throughout the courses. So I think we had one before the starter, a couple after the main and um, a couple after um, the pudding. So it, it really gave the speeches a chance to shine. It meant that the nervous speakers could go at the start and the more comedy speeches towards the end. And I think speeches are great in making sure that at your wedding, you may have strangers sitting next to each other. It gives people a chance to bond and have something to talk about. Um, So I'm a fan of speeches, obviously, but um, probably no more than five, I would recommend. Overall, you you don't want any speech over 10 minutes. That's a strict rule. And over the course of the day, you you certainly don't want more than an hour's worth of speeches. I mean, you can have too much of a good thing. Yes. Oh, no, that's a good idea, uh, spacing them out. But if you have, even if it's only two speeches... Do you have to kind of make sure there's not crossover that, you know, that that, uh, that they're not telling the same stories? Well, I mean, that is something we definitely encourage. I mean, it's something that, um, you know, if the bride and groom or the groom and groom or whoever um, met in an unusual circumstance or there is a classic story, I would say it makes sense to check the best man or the dad or whoever it is isn't um, using that. Um, Although, obviously, different perspectives on the same story can have have, um, quite a humorous effect. Um, But yes, this is something that we're trying to encourage with the book is that couples see the speeches as an overall performance in that you're sort of casting um, speakers and they've each got their own sort of role in the day, whether it's to provide that sort of sentimental moment, um, that tribute to the bride or groom. And I think all speakers appreciate a bit of advice, you know, in terms of duration, um, anything you might not want to be mentioned Mm. Um, sometimes you think it goes without saying that exes and things might not shouldn't be mentioned but but people do that all the time they they, they, some especially men it seems seem to think it's hilarious to bring that up at a wedding 
I know. Well, I mean, we offer, as well as writing speeches with people, we offer a service that's an edit service. So people send in their first draft and we make it better. Mm. And it is surprising how often chat about exes um, crops up. And I just think there's no need for it, really. Um, as much as you know, the, the the couple themselves might laugh at the stories, their parents might not, or you just don't want anyone in the room thinking anything you're saying is unnecessary or out of order. Mm. And you can make speeches really, really funny without offending and without being edgy. So, you know, just be just be sensible, really. Yeah. And now, um, toasting the bridesmaids. That to my to my mind, that just sounds like aren't they nice there? They're ornamental. They actually don't have a brain in their head. So we're just you know, we're just toasting these these mannequins in pretty dresses. Uh, I assume yeah. shouldn't that be gone now completely at this point? Well, I'd say it's always nice to thank the the bride or groom squads, but certainly a groom should not be concluding. This speech with a toast to the bridesmaids. I mean, the the attention should surely be on his bride or his partner. And um, yeah, I think if you go to a wedding, you can find that not only does the best man also thank or raise a toast to the bridesmaids, sometimes the father does too. (laughs) And you're just standing up, sitting down, wondering (laughs) who are these people? (laughs) So, so yeah, just, again, don't be tied down to old-fashioned etiquette that just really doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. It's the same with the gifts. Like, certainly, give gifts to people that have really helped you out, the mums, um, but do it privately. Don't make it part of the speech because, inevitably, it just adds an awkward moment you know, whether you're getting someone else to hand it out or not, there's still that awkward silence as the bouquets get delivered. So, you know, just think sensibly and um, think about how you can make people laugh and how you can create uh, a moment that's memorable for the right reasons. Yeah, and often as well, sometimes, you, you, you know, it's it's somebody stands up, could be the it could be the best man or anyone, but this sounds like an Oscar speech because there's, there's, yes. they launch immediately in this long line of to thank you know Jesus and you know uh, everyone else who turned up today kind of thing. You don't need to do that either, surely. Well, that that's exactly what I've, I've said in the book. Actually, is you don't want your speech to be one of those awful Oscar speech where you're thanking people that nobody has even heard of. Um, <laughs> and let's face it, you. People are only interested in the thank yous if they're getting thanked themselves. So definitely don't thank the venue. Um, You've paid them. That's more than enough thanks. And, you know, all these tick box um, mentions of people who have travelled far and things like that. You don't need to run through it all. Just welcome everyone and um, thank the important people. But don't start with the thank yous and definitely don't start with the dearly departed either. We, oh, yeah. As I say, we see lots of speeches that get sent to us and we're like, how do you how do you pull back from from starting with either sort of the boring monotony of thank yous or or something incredibly emotional like the dearly departed? Um 
Do you you want to start with good stories that engage people from the start? Um, a little bit of humour at the top. You need um, get everyone smiling, and as soon as you get your first laugh, you relax as well as your audience. So start with the good stuff and hook people in first. Yeah, Heidi, how do you do that though? I mean, if 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 there's a bride you're working with and she's determined to mention her her dead granny who you know was hit hit by a bus only a fortnight before and she wants to say oh granny would have loved to have been here uh, and feels like she owes a mention to granny you can't say well that's a buzzkill (laughs) no you definitely should have it in there and that is important like you know this is not a stand-up routine it is about um the love in the room it is one of those um chances in life to really take stock of of the love and and what's important to you. So definitely, it's not just about getting laughed. It is about the sentiment. But do it towards the latter third of your speech. And as well as saying it, you know, think about great ways that you can honour people um, throughout the wedding. You know, is it your, are your favours, um, little pots of jam that you're, that, that, that's your grand recipe or, or whatever it is, you know, make sure that they're, they're seen throughout the wedding as well as the speech itself. Yeah. There must be people you've come across, though. I mean, and probably many people listening have been to a wedding where there's one relation who just has a naturally droney voice, who can't stick to the point, who are boring, you know, in in the best of circumstances. Can you do anything with that? Oh, definitely. I mean, that was one of the reasons that um, I started up Speechy was going to a few weddings where there was... Um, either drunken speeches or speeches that went on too long and just people were were oblivious to it. But, um, yeah, I think um, couples, when they um, decide on their speech lineup, just help the speaker out by giving them some advice. So, you know, as I say, duration, will there be a mic? Make it as easy as possible for them. So, um make sure you think about where people are standing so that they're near you, you can interact. Um, And one of the things that speech you offer as well is delivery coaching, because as you say, half the battle is coming across well. And sometimes we do um, work with people who have that monotonous tone to their voice that, that you do have to work with. But one tip that is the most simple tip, but some people forget about when they stand up in front of people is simply to smile. Um, That has an amazing effect on an audience. Um, It it relaxes people. A smile is infectious. So, you know, make the most of it and and, and try and overcome those nerves and, and feeling intimidated. And even if you're not feeling it, force a smile onto your face and and it will actually relax you in the process. Heidi, thanks a million for uh, speaking with us today. Uh, that was Heidi Ellert, Ellert McDermott there, uh, the name of her, she's a wedding speech expert, of course, and the name of her book is The Modern Couple's Guide to Wedding Speeches, uh, which is uh, out today. Some people might find that pretty useful, I would have thought. A uh, few uh, comments on that. God almighty, five feckin' speeches, other beds provided. Yeah, but that's becoming, that kind of number is increasingly the norm, though. They do tend to space them out, as uh, Heidi was saying there. Uh, 27 years ago at our wedding, as a bride, I didn't even imagine 
not making a short speech, I thanked the women in my life with flower bouquets, my grand, mom and godmother. Go for it, ladies, says uh, that texter. Joe says, I made a speech at my wedding. Uh, this is Joe, uh, a woman uh, at my wedding 25 years ago, as did most of the brides I knew at the time. Paulie said the best man at a pal's wedding was telling stories from a time when he and his wife were dating. He kept referring to her as my current wife. When my current wife and I, she was stunned. Your current wife? Have you something you need to tell me? Lol. Uh, so, Paulie, that was uh, Hugh Leonard. Uh, the, uh, um, he's dead a good few years now, but he was uh, used to do a column in the Sunday Independent and always used to refer to his wife uh, as his current wife. This was in pre-divorce Ireland, I need to point out. Uh, speeches at weddings are highly overrated. In Europe, they don't do speeches at weddings. They do little sketches, often tongue-in-cheek after dinner, so there's no fo- cold food either. Little sketches? Europeans acting in that sounds worse to me uh, I was at a wedding recently and the father of the bride's speech read like RIP.ie everyone got a mention regardless of how long uh, they were dearly departed yes let's, let's bring back the spirit of all the dead people at the, on this happy day uh, one of the best weddings I was at had no speeches brilliant day cringe most of the speeches are, are, are such rubbish and most of the time they are embarrassing no speeches uh, is my vote. I'm wondering, are you married? Have you plans to? And that'll be an interesting conversation uh, when you do uh, go for it. I was at a wedding and the groomsman mentioned a time when the groom got arrested. I saw the father of the bride say under his breath to the bride, who looked furious, did you know this? And she gave a sheepish nod. It was so awkward. Why did he think it was a good idea? I Maybe he thought it was harmless, but it would be interesting to know like what he was arrested for uh, if it was like a major drugs bust and uh, no one had mentioned that uh, to our family. Yeah, you could see how that might be uh, awkward. And uh, someone else says, finally, it's important to thank the waiter who pours the wine. Well, you can do that uh, individually. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.